Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The Russian towers above the American. It's the true case of David and Goliath here. It's unbelievable the, the, the condition of both men, but the Russian I must break you. Ivan Drago's the villain of that epic boxing film, Rocky IV. He's a huge, scary Russian guy, a mountainous man-machine played by Dolph Lundgren, sporting a very distinctive peroxide blonde flat top. And he kills Rocky Balboa's friend, Apollo Creed, in the ring. Creed appears to be in very serious condition. The man alive! If he dies, he dies. Well, Aussie film geeks and comedians Alexei Toliopoulos and Cameron James are big Rocky fans. And they got seriously obsessed with some fan fiction that follows the film franchise. It's a book about Ivan Drago's life after Rocky IV called Drago on Mountains We Stand. And it's written by a mysterious author called Todd Noy. Noy seems to be a former sports journalist. He might have won a Pulitzer Prize. He's reported to have disappeared in the early 90s. And he also might have a son with the unlikely name of Quince. In Finding Drago, they go on the hunt for Todd Noy. And here's academic Rukmini Pandey explaining some of the motivations of the people writing this kind of fan fiction. Sometimes it's about creating a sense of representation that isn't there in the original text. Sometimes it's about thinking, uh, you know, what if there was a Hindu Harry Potter or what if what happens when you are a Jewish person in Hogwarts? There's a lot to be said about how these fictional universes are constructed and how they can be challenged or expanded by readers. And that, I think, is the pleasure of fan fiction. I, you know, there is a impression that fan fiction writers do it because they're not very good or because, you know, they don't have the imagination to construct their own work. But I think that's a little reductive because there is so much creativity that goes into these Sometimes it's about I want to work through what this character could be, you know. So for Ivan Drago, I would imagine that it would be about, you know, what is this war machine that is being built in this Cold War, uh, you know, Russian idea of constructing the perfect killing machine, really. And, you know, kind of thinking about what could be the deeper psychological aspects of it. So it's a lot of kind of deconstructing those ideas and looking at flat characters like Ivan Drago and, you know, trying to think about what makes them tick. Do most people write under pseudonyms? Is that common in fan fiction world? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Most people will write under pseudonyms. Why is that? A copyright a lot of the time. Uh, I mean, fan fiction is under US law. It is protected under fair use uh, because it's seen as transformative work. But it is still open to being cracked down upon by people who who think sometimes that it is some kind of infringement on uh, their narrative universes. 
Uh, a lot of writers don't actively prosecute it because, again, it's part of fan community and it actually helps them. Uh, but some some have uh, been quite upset about how people take their characters and what they do with them. And when I when I started out, people used to be really careful about kind of divorcing their identities uh, from their fandom activities. Possibly because fans are sometimes seen as weird, you know, and seen as over-invested. And, you know, so that obviously is something that people are aware of. Uh, But I think that that has changed. Uh, You know, people are now much more willing to identify themselves um, as fans. fans. Mm. Yeah, as fans and as people who, you know, yeah, who may be by normative standards a little bit weird, but, you know, <laughs> who engage in, in these communities and produce some pretty good stuff. All right. Thank you so much for talking to me, Rukmini. You were Thanks absolutely so delightful and a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm glad this was useful and best of luck for your continuing search. Oh, I love Rukmini. You know what I find interesting? Rukmini thinks that this could be someone working through their issues with Drago. Now, Alexi, you yourself have some issues with Ivan Drago. Cameron, I think I know what you're suggesting, but Rukmini also said that people that write fan fiction like to put representation of themselves in there. Mm -hmm. So if I were to rewrite a Rocky story... It would also have the premise of, what if Rocky was Greek? <laughs> it wouldn't be that different. It'd be pretty similar. Yeah, maybe instead of punching slabs of beef, he'd be punching plates. <laughs> punching goddamn Dolmatis. Can I say this stuff? <laughs> anyway, Cameron, while you were doing that, I went looking for some journalists. And look who I found. I feel like I've hit a jackpot right now. I've got Tracy Holmes. She's a longtime sports broadcaster and journalist. Check out her CV. She's presented Grandstand. Oh, yeah. News radio. Mm -hmm. You can hear her every Sunday on the ticket. Tracy, you've worked in and outside of the ABC since 1989. First of all, what was the world of sports journalism like back then? I was thinking back about my early days here. So I came here as a sports trainee broadcaster, which was like a two-year kind of internship. And you learn from the best, you know, all all those great names that people still talk about. Jim Maxwell, cricket, you know, Jerry Mm. Collins commentated, I don't know how many swimming gold medals at Mm. the Olympic Games. Mm. Uh, Norman May was around. He'd always pop in. I I was lucky enough to go and train under the great George Grilyzic from WA, who, along with Benny Pike, um, had some of the Best boxing commentary you are ever likely to hear. Really? So you knew, like, boxing commentaries from WA back in the 80s? Yeah. KO Magazine, ever heard of that? Yeah, boxing magazine. Boxing mag, yeah. It's now defunct. Yeah. And The Guardian? Like boxing, almost. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) UFC killed it. No, 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 I, I like boxing. Yeah. I do, and I don't. I can't explain why, you know. One of the earliest sports I had to go and cover was boxing. Mm. And I remember the first time I turned up at this bout, and there was just blood being sprayed everywhere, and I thought, this is a point. I don't think I can sit here any longer. And then I sort of had this realisation, these guys, no one's forcing them to be there. They want to be there. This is such a battle of mental wills. And so I've been a bit of a fan, even though I can't justify the fact that in 2018, Mm. I don't think two people should be hopping into a square Mm. and bashing each other's brains out. But, But there's something tribal about it. Mm. Yeah, it taps in you, in your primal place. So you knew, like, boxing commentaries from WA back in the 80s? Yeah. Did you know Todd Noy? No. 
Really? Todd Noy, he's a, he wrote about boxing, VFL in the 80s, sports journalist. How? No. How? I No. Sorry. How could I not know about him? He's, what's he done? He's he used written... to write for KO Magazine, and uh, he's a, a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist from The Guardian, I think, as well. Yeah, from The Guardian he as well. He mainly covered boxing. Uh, he's a WA journalist. Have you heard of VFL Weekly? No. Mm. Writing for VFL Weekly. He also he won a Pulitzer. Yeah, <laughs> maybe is maybe that... it was for the Guardian or something else. Is that rare? Oh, I also think it's highly unlikely because I think the first Australian to win a Pulitzer was 2006, wasn't it? Oh, oh, our guy's been missing since 1992. Uh, People Geraldine have been... Brooks was the first. I think there's only been two. And was that for sports journalism? Uh, no. So, have, okay, have there been any Look, sports journalists win Pulitzers? I think many should have. I agree with <laughs> yeah, you. I agree. I absolutely agree, 100%. And, and I think sports journalists yeah. around the world, they are some of the great writers. Yeah, yeah. Ray Barone, he's that, our favourite sports journalist. Is he? Mm. Is yeah, he? from Everyone Loves Raymond. <laughs> Glamorises a lifestyle a lot on that show, though. <laughs> Let's go back to WA. I'm, yeah, I'm WA. curious about that. So you were working in WA what time? What what years are we talking about? Oh, so this about? is uh, 89, 90. That sounds around... Uh, That's around Noy's time. Mm-hmm. Noy disappeared in January 1992 after a long battle with alcohol and drug addictions. Presumed dead memorial service was held in his honour in Perth in December 1995. Doesn't ring any bells. But, you know... Having lived and worked in Perth, and so I was at everything that was there, from World Swimming Championships yep. um, to the cricket to uh, the AFL to whatever was happening, I never remember his name coming up, like right. in press boxes anywhere. Or mm. And, you know, you, you talk with everybody. You get to yeah. know everybody. Yeah. It's the same. Whether they're, you know, Ken Sutcliffe or, um, you know, Jacqueline Magna and Karen Ty were, were there <laughs> around those times, Ray Hadley, Bruce McAvaney. Uh-huh. What about at a premiere for like a Rocky movie or anything? Would you have seen, would you have remembered him there? Do you like Rocky? I do, actually. So do I. I think they're the best sports movies ever. What about Ivan Drago? I love Ivan Drago. Would you maybe love Ivan Drago enough to have written a book about Ivan Drago? Sure. Are, Are you, you Todd, Todd Noy? Noy? <laughs> <laughs> Is it you? Have we found you? And you have to be honest. You have to tell us the truth. Are you Todd Noy? Do I look like Todd Noy? No. Well, we haven't got a photo of him. Bullets are hanging around my neck. <laughs> I wish true. I was Todd Noy. That's he true. sounds like some kind of genius. He well, He's... apparently he is. I can't find any information about this guy, and there was no archived articles of his for VFL Weekly or KO Magazine. Anything? I honestly thought you were going to be the key. Yeah. Look, I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry to disappoint you. Um, but it's also got me intrigued now. I just Do you think there would have been many journalists who focused almost exclusively on boxing in that time or would there not have been no, enough work for them? No, there wouldn't have been enough work for them. Okay. Although, you know, Noi, Noi mm. yeah. might have been independently wealthy. Oh, that's something we might have yeah. run off with all his money. Okay. Might not be dead at all. Well, we might think that he might not be because this book is brand new and he went missing in the 90s and the book is signed by him. (laughs) (laughs) So we think he might still be out there and that's what we're doing. We're on the search for Todd Noy. Why? I don't know. 
sum of episode two, the search begins from Finding Drago from the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, presented by Alexi Toliopoulos and Cameron James. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 